Vayoy Merashem al Avram Lech Lecha, and God said to Avram Lech Lecha, Go on a journey. Vagad Lashemecha, and through that I will make your name great. But we have to understand because it's known that traveling makes one's name less known because where you go, you're not known. Haderech Mema'etat Es Hashem. Traveling makes one less well-known. So how could it be that Hashem is saying to Avram, that Lech Lecha and through the Lech Lecha, Agad Lashmecha, your name will become greater. So Rashi, Taka says that Hagufa, that's the bracha, that that's Taka what Hashem was giving Avram, the bracha, that even though traveling makes one's name less, but Hashem gave a special bracha to Avram that lech lecha v'agad l'shemecha that I'll make your name great. That's how Rashi explains. But mashmais ha-pasuk, but if you look at the actual words of the pasuk, the actual words of the pasuk is that through the lech lecha itself that causes the v'agad l'shemecha that the lech lecha itself brings about the name getting greater and that seemingly doesn't make sense because we know traveling makes one's name less well known so we have to understand how could it be that the lech lecha makes vagad l'shemecha that the names gets greater and in order to answer this to explain this we have to first preface where we left off at the end of the last mimer that already at the end of the last mimer we learned that the inyan of ois and ritzayna shall which we know chazal always use when they want to explain how Jews are when they serve God properly. They use the phraseology ois and ritzayna shall and in the previous mamarim we learned that those words convey the fact that mitzvahs, that doing Hashem's will, that fulfilling mitzvahs actually connect one to atzmos that bring the mitzvahs or the panemias, the very essence of God's will which connects to the essence of God's being. That's what mitzvahs are and that's what Chazal mean to say with the words Ois and that Dafka through mitzvahs bringing down atzmos could there be a yichud kuchabruchu vishchinte the unification of the paradox of God's infinity with God's finitude and that is Ois and Ritzoyne Shalmokum, the uniting of Ritzoyne Shalmokum. So we learned in the previous Mamorim that the words Ois and Ritzoyne Shalmokum show that the essence of mitzvahs connect to God's essence. But then already at the end of the previous Mimer of Parshas Noach, the Rebbe Rashab began introducing a new theme in Samach Vav, and that is that the way to bring Atzmos to the world, to make a dir betachtoinim, which of course is what this Hemshech is about, bringing God to the world, the way to make a dir betachtoinim, to bring God's essence to this physical world down, world down here below. So it's taka, the way, the cheftza, the object that one is, that one does, brings about the dir betachtoinim, is taka maisa mitzvahs, actual physical mitzvahs down here below. But already in the previous Maimah, the Rebbe Shah began introducing this new theme that the Gavra, that the state of mind of the person doing the mitzvah, that the kavana, the state of mind, or better stated, more accurately stated, the lack of mind, the losing mind, or the lack of kavana mitzvahs, ain't srichas kavana, that Hasidus revealed that the deepest way of doing mitzvahs is in a state of kabbalah, so machu shemaim, accepting the yoke of the kingdom of heaven, which are the words that Chazal used to explain what Kriyashma is, accepting the yoke of the kingdom of heaven, which seems to be a very simple thing that Chazal is saying just to become God's slave, to become God's servant, to accept God as king. But Chasidus, 
just revealed that that is the essential lack of kavana, meaning mitzvahs ain't sriches kavana, to lose, to go beyond oneself by giving oneself over to God. Mamish, the transcending of self, is by Kabbalah Samach a complete giving over to God. That one gives oneself over to God completely, that's Kabbalah Samach And so the Rebbe Shab said that that is oisin ritzayna shalmakam, that for you to be able to bring God's essence to the world, it's not just a din and the cheft, it's also din and the Gavra. It's not just just doing the mitzvah, it's the state of mind, or better stated, the state of no mind, that one comes to a place of nullifying one's whole being by giving oneself over completely to God. That is how the Gavra, how your Kavana allows you, facilitates that your Oysen Ritzayna Shalmakum. And the Rebbe Rashab explained at the end of the last Mimer, what's the connection of so the link between them is the vart from the Mizricher Magid that the Magid of Mizrich explained that that, that the Gemaran Brocha says that only in the first parsha of the Shema is that's what the Gemaran Brocha says that the first parsha Shema is when Jews are when they're, the simple meaning is doing God's will but the question that the Maharshan many ask already is that seemingly in the second parsha of the Shema, the one that begins Vayam Shemaya, over there also it's talking about that you're fulfilling God's mitzvahs. Vayam Shemaya Tishmu, you're fulfilling God's mitzvahs, and that's why God is giving the grain and the wine and the oil. So why is that not called Oisim Ritzayinu Shalmokam, the second parsha of the Shema? in the Gemara and Brachas. So the Mizritra Magid explained, because in the second parsha of the Shema, the reason that's not called Oysim Ritzayinu Shalmokum is because in the second parsha of the Shema, it says, Zula Ovdoi B'chol Levavchem B'chol Nafshechem, that you serve God with all your heart and all your soul, which is pretty good. But it doesn't say, B'chol Ma'idecha, only B'chol Levavchem B'chol Nafshechem, only in the first Parsh of the Shema does it say Bechol Levavcha, Ubechol Nafshcha, Ubechol Ma'idecha, and the Mizrach Ramagid taught that the only way to be Oysim Ritzayin Shalmokum is that if you love God, Ve'ahavtes Hashem, you love God not just with all your heart and not just with all your soul, but Bechol Ma'idecha, and only when you love God, Bechol Ma'idecha, that's when you're Oysim Ritzayin Shalmokum. And the Rebbe Shab explained at the end of the last Mimer, what's the connection? What does that mean? That only Bechol Meidech is Oysim Ritzayinu Shalmakam. So you see the Rebbe Shab said that the Mizritcher Magid is already connecting the locution, the phraseology, Oysim Ritzayinu Shalmakam with the intent, the kavana, or the state of mind of a person. And the Mizritcher Magid is saying that when are you in a state of Oysim Ritzayinu Shalmakam, that you could unify infinity with finitude, that you could connect with Atzmos, the Mizritcher Magid it says when you have the love of Bechol Ma'idecha, only the Ahava of Bechol Ma'idecha allows you to be Oysim Ritzayin Shalmakum. What is it about this Av of Bechol Ma'idecha that only that allows a person to connect with Atzmos? And as the Rebbe Shab says that by loving God in a way of Bechol Ma'idecha, that then allows you, facilitates you to serve God in a way of Kabbal Salmachus Shemayim of complete nullification of self within God, what's the connection of Ava B'chol Meidecha to Kabbalah Somachoshamayim? And why is Ava B'chol Meidecha only that? Only if you love God, B'chol Meidecha, only that makes you able to bring down Atzmus through doing the mitzvahs in a revealed way. 
So in order to understand what is this Ava Bechol Meidecha, so obviously we have to first understand Ve'haftas Hashem Elkecha Bechol Levavcha Bechol Nafshacha. Because obviously the Torah is saying that you, you have to have all three. Bechol Meidecha only comes after you first love God with all your heart and all your soul. Then you could come to Bechol Meidecha and be Oisner Tzayin Hashem So we have to understand what are these three levels of love of God. And what is it about this love of Bechol Ma'idecha, the Dafka, that love brings a person to a state of Kabbal Samachu Shemaim and brings the Gavra, the subject, to a place of being one with God's essence? So, in order to understand this, the Rebbe Shab explains, based on a very common theme in Chesidus, that when you talk about the three levels of love of God, of so Chesidus explains always that love of God comes from meditating on God. By consciousness, by meditation, that's that's how you have love of God. You can't love something seemingly that you don't know and that you don't feel. And so all levels of love of God come from a certain meditation that bring about that love of God. But the Rebbe Shab is going to explain that that's only true about the love of Bechol Levavcha, Bechol Nafshacha. The loves of Bechol loving God, but with all your heart and all your soul, those taka come from meditation, from using the mind. But Bechol Meidecha does not come from the mind. And to explain what's this love of Bechal Meidecha that doesn't come from the mind, where does it come from? The Zohar says, The Zohar says that no thought grasps you at all, God. No thought grasps you, God, at all. Aval nitvas ihu bereusa deliba. But he is grasped with the will of the heart. So we see already from the Zohar that somehow there's some kind of love of God. The heart has some kind of grasp of God where mind, where thought cannot grasp. But he is grasped with the heart. Now, when the Zohar is saying that the heart grasps what the mind cannot, so the Rebbe Rashab explains it, obviously, that's talking about Pneumius, Ve'atzmas, or Insof, the very inwardness and essence of God's infinite being. Not any levels of revelation of God's light, but God's essence. That's the level that the Zohar means that no thought could grasp at all. Because when it comes to levels of God's light, thought can grasp in two different type of ways that thought works. Two different epistemological processes. Two different ways thought works. There are two different ways that thoughts can grasp God. And there are two opposite ways that the mind works, but they're both ways that the mind could have some kind of perception of God. And these two types of perception, these two type of ways that the brain works, one is called Hasogas HaChiyuv, positive perception, and the other one is Hasogas HaShlila, negative perception, which means that one way the brain perceives is perceiving positively what a thing is, where the brain actually, where your mind is able to see something, what it is, how it is, that you could positively identify aspects of what a thing is, that you could, what we usually call knowing something. You positively have aspects of the thing that you're perceiving. 
just like you could empirically, scientifically measure things in this world, the same way you could positively have a sagasachiv, a positive perception of perception of God's light. That's called memalikolalmin, the light of God that actually is enclosed within the world. That light of God, Chassidus says, one could have a positive perception, a sagasachiv, because you could meditate on God's light and be conscious of God's light in a positive way, meaning by having a perception of God's light that's enclosed within the world because the God's light, Mimali Kolalman, God's Shechina, God contracts his light to be mamish enclosed within every single entity within the world. And therefore, when you're looking at the world, just like when it comes from my flesh, I could see God. Just like the way the Gemara says that the way your soul fills the body, that's how God fills the world. So you could have a positive perception of your life Force in your body, you feel your life force in your body body positively. You might not be able to define what it is, but you have a positive perception of the fact that you have a life force in your feet and in your hands, and you could feel that you're alive, and you feel what that life force is, and there are ways of measuring it, how much a person's alive, etc., and you could feel it within you. And the same way, you could have a positive perception of of the light of God that's enclosed within the world, that your mind could actually see godliness that's enclosed within the world, that your mind is seeing that the vitality that you change your consciousness to know that whatever vitality, whatever feeling of aliveness that there is in the world, that is the light of God, and that is having a positive perception of God's light. And then there's another way that the mind works, a second way that the brain works, called Hasagas Hashlila, negative perception, via negativa, which is that the mind negates, which this concept comes from the Rambam. Immer Nevuchim and the guy that perplexed the first part, chapter 58 and on, where the Rambam explains, the Rambam says, that God could only be known with negative perception. Negative perception means that whatever you could know, you then you say, you negate your mind, and you say, I have to transcend that. Whatever I thought I knew about God, whatever attributes I could say about God, that he's smart, that he's great, God is beyond the way I define attributes. So the Rambam says, whenever we praise God, we're really just saying that he's beyond all those praise. So the only way your mind grasps God is by somehow grasping that he transcends whatever you could positively perceive. You allow your mind to transcend that and somehow grasp and feel the transcendence. That's what the Rambam says. And the Rebbe Rashab says that that pertains to Soiv of Kol Almin, that Soiv of Kol Almin, God's infinite light that transcends the world because of course the light of God that becomes worlds is only a it's only a teeny drop of God's light it's like one drop from the ocean of soiv of kolaman of the transcendent light of God that transcends the world and so after you meditate about how God's light is enclosed within becomes the universe and the galaxy the Milky Way everything that you can imagine the higher spiritual worlds and that's only one drop of God's light you then perceive the transcendence of God's infinite light and you negate and say, whatever my mind thinks is huge and great and amazing, that's all a drop, a teeny ray of a glimmer of God's light, and you have a perception of transcendence. Your mind has a feeling of transcendence. Somehow that feeling of tra- the hakaras hafla, the hargoshas hafla, you feel the transcendence, the exaltedness. You don't know positively what Seiv of Kalaman is, but a Sagas Hashlila, you could negate your mind and say, whatever my mind thinks to be great and amazing is nothing. God is beyond that. And the Rambam says that's how you could know God. And the Rebbe Rashab says that's knowing Seiv of Kalaman. 
which is the source of Mamalik Almond, that infinite light of God, that is the source of the drop that becomes the worlds of Mamalik Almond. So when you negate your mind, you're knowing save of Kulalmin. So even Hasagas Hashlila is some kind of perception. The feeling of transcendence, that, that perception of transcendence, that feeling of awe, of oh my God, beyond and above and above and above, that's also a perception. It's a feeling, some kind of perception of God. And the more that you understand positively about how godliness create worlds and the spheres and etc., and then you understand that God is beyond that, then you have more of a perception of His transcendence. But what the Zohar says, Lace Machshava Tvisa Bach Klal, that's talking about God's essence, Atmosar and stuff, the infinite light of God that's before Tzimtzum, because that you can't even know with Hasagas Hashlila, with negative perception. Even though obviously Atmos is negated and beyond any finitude as whatever as well, of course he's negated from that as well. But by negating that, that puts you to a feeling of transcendence, that puts you to a feeling of save of Kulaman. But as says Gornet Dos, that's Bechlal, it's not at all what God's essence is. If I want to tell you how strong Shimshan Hagibor, Samson the, the strong was, if I tell you he picked up, he was able to pick up a leaf, that doesn't tell you how strong he was, that doesn't tell you anything about his strength. The same way, whenever your mind says, God is beyond this, God is beyond, God is above and beyond, and however much you keep saying, God is beyond this, and whatever your mind keeps saying, God is above and beyond, that's that's making you feel save of Kalaman, God's infinite light that transcends the world, but all that is also save of Kalaman is also only a ray and a glimmer of God's light after Tzimtzum. So no matter how much you negate your mind and you feel transcendence, that doesn't bring you at all to a perception of God's essence, lace, machshava, tvisabach, klal, no. No mode of the mind can at all perceive God, not even by negating. And parenthetically, it's important to say here that this idea, these ideas that the, of the Rebbe Shab said in this Mimer of Lech Lech Vov, his son, the Rebbe Ayatz, said over in a Mimer Margale B'Pumet in connection with the wedding of the Lubavitch Rebbe of our generation with Rebbe Tzinchai Mushka. And the Rebbe, our Rebbe said many times, Mamorim, based on these ideas of Margle Pumadarova. And one of the times the Rebbe spoke about it is a Maimur Basaligani Tovshin Tezvav, where the Rebbe points out something fascinating that it comes out that Hasidus argues with the Rambam in two opposite ways, or better stated, that Hasidus says the Rambam is only talking about one of three ways of knowing God. That that the Rambam says God could only be known by negative theology, by by Yedias Hashlilas. So Hasidus says two opposite extremes. On one hand, Hasidus says it's not true that God could only be known by negation. You could know God positively. When you look at a tree, when you look at a sunset, you're seeing godliness. Memaliklam and Chesidus, based on Kabbalah, obviously, explains that God can be known positively. You could actually have a perception in a positive way of God's light in the world. And on the other hand, that's only God's light. And Rambam, what you're saying, to negate the mind, that's also only God's of the light that transcends the world, but still after Tzimtzum. But on the other hand, God's essence can't even be known with that Atmos, the God's essence, cannot be known even with negation of the mind. And the Rebbe Shab continues over here that not only can a human being not know God's infinite being, but even the highest tzaddikim that saw God with the mind's eye. And even Chachmila Datsilus, which means God's mind 
cannot know God's essence because God's mind, Chochma of Atzilus, is also after Tzimtzum. So God's essence is unknowable by any type of mind at all, even in the highest spiritual realms. Aval nitvas iu berusa deliba, but the heart, a Jew's heart, can grasp atzmos, can grasp God's essence. And now it's important always to remember, by the way, parenthetically, that Samachvav is the theology, the philosophy of Hasidus, and the rule of Hasidus always is that the most essential, deepest levels all Jews can have access to equally. And so we're learning that the deepest level, the Zohar is saying that what the mind cannot grasp, one's heart can grasp. What is this love that the heart can grasp, what the mind cannot? So the Rebbe Shab explains that we have to first understand that because there are two different types of love. Ahava chitzoinis and ahava pnimis. External love and inward love. External always means a love that's not essential to who you are. That's what chitzoinis means. And an ava chitzoinis means a love that you cause, that you make happen through meditation. And those are all the different meditations that bring to love of God. And the Rebbe Rashab gives three examples of meditations of that you meditate on to, to love God. If you meditate on God's greatness, Gedulah Hashem, on the way God's light spreads out in a great way to become worlds... Like the Gemara says, Vagadula, Lachashem Agadula, the Gemara says, Gadula Zumaisabracious, that God's greatness is exaltedness, is known by worlds. If you meditate how vast and amazing the world is, both quantitatively and qualitatively, meaning quantitatively, Marabu Masecha how many Ribuin Evraim, how many types of creations are there? You let your mind meditate just how many types of vegetative animals, humans, how many stars there are, literally quantitatively. That's Marabu Masecha Avaya. And Magodlu Masecha Avaya is how vast, how huge certain Nevraim are. And both the vastness and the um, huge amount of Nevraim are Adin Ketz Vishir Klal, an infinite amount of God's greatness spreads out in the hugeness of the worlds quantitatively and qualitatively. And especially, number two, the Rebbe Shab continues, when you then go on and meditate. That all that vastness, quantitatively and qualitatively, that God's light becomes every blade of grass and every ant and every platypus, and also all the galaxies and Milky Ways, the vastness and the spiritual worlds, etc. After you meditate all that, the number two, you then meditate that all of that for God to do was like for us to say one word. Baruch She'omar V'haya Eilam. How much effort does it take you to say one word? That's how much effort it takes God to make all of that mamalikol almin. Meaning it makes you feel the transcendence of God by understanding that all of that light of God that becomes all of reality is only like a teeny drop. It's like for you to say one word. And then number three, the Rebbe Shab then goes on to say, especially when you then go on to meditate, that that light of God that's only one word vis-a-vis God, that light then becomes a chayas v'koyacheliki, a divine life force for every particular creature on the earth. Every single detail of reality that you see has a specified right now God's being is making himself to become a specified light to become every single detail of reality and when you meditate on these three things which are how God's light is becoming worlds that brings about 
that you feel the preciousness of God's light and all one wants and desires is to be close to God's light because one feels how God's light is all that reality really is. And therefore you want to have dveikus, you want to cleave to God's light that's within everything. That brings a feeling of closeness to God by feeling how close you are to God because God's light is mamish within everything in the world. And then there's also the meditation of the transcendence of God, of save of kol almin, that you then feel how all of that is only a teeny drop of Hashem. That brings about the avarabba, the great love that you yearn. Not not a feeling of love of dvekas, of connection, but the love, the type of love of yearning, because you yearn to be part of God's infinite, transcendent light. That's the love that comes from Seva of Kolalman. And in Tfila in Davening, these two types of meditations, both they're both Avachitsainis, they're both love that comes from meditation. But the meditation that comes from meditating on Mamalik Kolalman is an Psuke de Zimra which talks about the creation of the worlds. And then Birchas Kriyashma, when you say Kaddish, 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 that's beginning to meditate on the transcendence of God. And especially when you say Shema Yisrael, which we know is Yehudi Law, the higher level unity, Lehikolol Bi to become included within God's unity. The Shema Yisrael is when to hear that God's transcendent infinite light is Mamish, we're within it, because like the Baal Shem Tov taught Simtom Lake and God's infinite light is shining right here now. That that the worlds exist, is because of Mamale Kolalman. God makes Shechina Malchus. He makes a contracted light that brings about the world. That's true. But that light of God, that drop of God's light is within the ocean of God's infinite orange of infinite being. And Shema Yisrael means to have an awareness that we are Mamish within God, like within God's mind. We're Mamish still within God. That's Yehudi law because Hashem's infinite light is shining on us now. And so that Kriyashma brings to Avas Hashem that you love God, you want to, you yearn to be part of that transcendent light. But all these meditations are Avachitsainis, external levels of love of God that come from meditation. But Ahava Pnimis, but the inner love of God from the innermost part of the heart does not come from meditation. But rather from what Hasidus calls Yechida Shabanefesh, the part of the soul known as Yechida, which is literally one with God, the Ava Pnimis is a love that comes from the fact that essentially your soul is one being, one entity with God. For example, like the connection of a parent and a child, that the connection and love between a parent and a child is an ava panemius and inner love. It's a skashrus atzmus, an essential connection that's not based on revelations of the soul like feelings and intellect. When it comes to love between a lover and a beloved, what they love about each other is each other's milus, the good parts. Why do you love somebody? You love some They're good person, they're good to you, the good aspects of the person. So what are you loving about the person? The good aspects of the person, not the essence of the person, but when it comes to a parent and a child, the connection is based on the fact that they're essentially one thing, mamish, kamayu, mamish. The child is mamish, just an extension of the parent. It has nothing to do, the parent doesn't love the child because the parent gives the child something, because the parent could be a lousy, good-for-nothing person, but the child still loves the parent because the child is one essence, is just an extension of the parent. They're the same essence, essentially. And therefore, that love between parent and child is constant. It doesn't fluctuate like the love between a lover and a beloved. The love between a lover and a beloved, even though it's very passionate, it goes up and down because there are reasons, there are meditations in the love. But the love between a parent and a child, because it comes from the fact that they're essentially one essence, it's constant. It could be, has to be aroused. Like sometimes when the child is far from the parent, then it'll arouse the love for the parent. 
but it's always there because it's the essence of what the child is. And so too between a Jew and a Kurdish Baruch Hu, because a Jew and God, we are essentially God's children, and therefore the Yechidosh of Benefesh, the essence of our soul, is literally an extension of God's essential being. And so that love doesn't come from meditation, but it comes from just arousing the essence of what you are. So sometimes a taka needs to be aroused and awakened, like by meditating how so sometimes we get really far from God, that arouses that essential love, or sometimes by meditating how God is our Father by saying over and over, Kiata Vinu, Kiata Vinu, you're our Father, that arouses the love. But the love itself is essential. It's the very essence of who we are, the essence of our being. And that love is the Reusa Deliba, the essential love in the heart that does grasp Atmos, the essence of God, just like when a child calls his parent, the parent turns to the child with his whole being. Somebody else calls your name, you turn to them. But when you hear your child calling you, you turn with your whole being, with the essence of who you are. And that's how God turns to us when we call out to him, because God is our Father and we're essentially one with him. And that love in the heart does grasp atzmus. Meaning that essential love of feeling that you're essentially one being with God, that love touches the very essence of God where mind cannot grasp. Now, of course, one has to first preface the love of Bechol Levavcha, Bechol Nafshcha, the Seder Havvayda, the way to be able to really reveal that innermost part of the heart is first is to first go through the external levels of the heart, to first have those parts of davening, Psuki de Zimra, where one has to go out of one's physical coarseness. When you begin, wake up in the morning, one is still very connected to coarseness and physicality, so one says Psuki de Zimra and praises God with many different praises and meditates on God's greatness like we learned earlier. And then in the blessings of the Shema, Kaddush, 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 and the Bittal of the angels, the way the angels serve God, as we're going to learn a lot more later on in Samach Vav, these specific parts of davening, how they all bring about the love of God, you love God with all your heart is when you feel God, that God fills the world, with all your soul is when you feel God's transcendence, you want your soul to be connected to God's infinite light, and all those eventually then bring you to be able to have Ava Decha to love God, like a child loves a parent because they're essentially one being. And then when you have that love and you feel how you're essentially one with God, you come to an even higher level, and that's a theme that Samachvav is going to develop later on that there's something even higher than being God's child. After you come to Ava Decha, after being God's child, when you then actually do the mitzvah, you become God's Eved. You become God's servant. Being a servant and Eved is even higher than being a Ben, a child as we're going to learn. So therefore, after loving God Decha, then when you actually do the mitzvah, it's with Kabbalah Samachu Shemayim, because even when you love God, it's still a feeling of love. A child still loves the parent, and so you're still something other than God. As we're going to learn later, when you then do the mitzvah with complete Kabbalah, complete nullification of giving oneself over as a slave, you literally become a part, an extension of God again. Like a child is now separate from the parent, but when you become an Evid, you become like God's hand. You mamish become nullified within God. 
And as we're going to learn more later on, that only by Kabbalah being an Evan Mamish could you become completely nullified and thereby allow Atzmus to come into the world, and through serving God in such a way that a Jew nullifies himself by being an Evid, by being a servant, meaning you feel that you're nothing Mamish other than God, you then become unified with Atzmus, and then when you serve God and learn Torah and do mitzvahs, you actually bring a new revelation of God in the Torah and in mitzvahs that you're doing because Jews are higher than Torah. Torah is God's essential name. Call a Nikr B'Shmi. Torah is God's name. God's name, as we're going to learn later on, is Orin Sof before Tzimtzum. Achule Nivra Ha'ilam Hayuhu Bavad before Tzimtzum. It's God in His infinite light. That's God's infinite Torah is the most essential revelation of God's infinite light. But when a Jew becomes an Eved, Kabbalah Samachos accepts the yoke and gives oneself over completely within God, one then comes to the place where a Jew's soul is mushrush be'atzmus mamish, how a Jew's soul is rooted mamish in God's very essence, and thereby one draws toisvis or new levels of light within Torah itself, a God one brings a new level, a new presence of God's very being and essence within Torah, by a Jew learning Torah and doing mitzvahs of the Kabbal Samach HaShemayim, and that the Rebbe Shab is going to explain later on in, in, later on Mamar. Now, at this point of the Mimer, of, some, of Lech Lecha, the Rebbe Rashab completely switches gears and starts, begins talking about seemingly a new thing, which he then continues in the next Mimer. And to be able to understand what the Rebbe Rashab is going to do now in this Mimer, and really the entire Hemshech, it's important just to, to interrupt and say... You see, Samach Vav is a Hemshech, it's one long series, and as is the way of Hasidus Chabad, which is essentially adding more and more Chabad details to the main idea of the Baal Shem Tov, the Emuna, the belief of the Baal Shem Tov. So as the generations of the Chabad Rebbeim went on, there were more and more details added and more and more explanations. The Rebbe Rashab already said his entire thesis already in the first Mimer. In the beginning of this Hemshech, the Rebbe Rashab said that the purpose of creation is dear betachtenim, that a Jew in this physical world should do actual physical mitzvahs, serve God with physical things in this world, and bring down God's essence. And he said that that's not like the Zohar and the Arizal and all like the things we learned meaning not just revelations of God, like the Zohar and the Arizal says, but God's very essence. And then the Rebbe Shab went on to say the Gavra and Cheftza, that what's the Cheftza that brings Hashem? Actual doing mitzvahs. Which in later Mamarim, he's going to say, what about learning Torah? Until now, we only spoke about doing mitzvahs. What about learning Torah? Could you bring God down? Seemingly learning Torah also brings down God's essence to the world. So that's the Cheftzah. Later on in later Mamarm, he's going to go further deeper into that. And now the Gavra, he said that the Kavana, the state of mind or no mind, is B'chol Meidecha, Kabosa which makes a child go to an even higher level of being a servant. And so these three things, the Gavra and the Cheftzah, meaning what you do to bring God to the world, and the state of mind you have to be in, those two themes he spoke about until now and he will speak about later on. But now the Rebbe Shab is going to say that. That there's a third thing that needs further clarification, that that, that Hasidus says that we have to bring God's essence to the world, not just like the Zohar and the revealing knowing God and revealing Hishlemus Kachosev, which are giluyim, revelations of God's light, but instead... 
it's actually bringing down God's essence. So that idea is another idea that the Rebbe Shab is going to develop throughout Samach Vav. Because that idea of Hasidus, that it's God's essence that we're drawing down to make a Dirbatach the Rebbe Shab is going to show through learning different ideas in Diyukim and Kabbalah, different texts, etc. And now that's what he begins doing now at the end of this Mimer. At the end of this Mimer, the Rebbe Shab begins saying that that, that Kabbalah, throughout the Zohar and the writings of the Arizal, if you learn Kabbalah, the Zohar and the Arizal, all they speak about again and again is that by doing mitzvahs, what you're drawing down is the partsufim, the faces, the different ways God manifests after tzimtzum, atik and arach especially. And here in Chassidus, we're learning that it's God's very essence. So the Rebbe Shab is now going to explain at the end of this mimer. And in the next mimer, that even though the Zohar and the Arizal speak so much about atik and arach, those faces of God of atik and arach, they really are just another two ways of saying God's very essence. And this is another theme that actually the Mitla Rebbe brings in Shara Yichud that he heard from his father, the Balatanya, that heard from the Mizritcher Magid, that no matter how many details one's learn, Kabbalistic and Hasidus, how many details of Kabbalah, of worlds, of spheres, etc., one always have to bring all the Pratim to the Klal, all the details back into the, to God, to the God's essence. All of, one should never end up and just stick with Partsufim, just look at different names of God, or Koiches, or, or Atik and Ar- They're all just the Ebishter, God, God's essence. And so at the end of this Mimer, and the next Mimer, what the Rebbe Shab is going to say is that Atik and Ar- are also only Mamash, just God's essence. And so even though the Arizal and the Zohar seem to say that you have to know Atik and Arich and bring down Atik and Arich, but of course that means God's essence. And how are we going to see that? By the fact that Rebbe Shab is going to show that they're nothing other than extension of God's essence. And how does he show that? So the Rebbe Shab continues the Mimer and says that if you remember, now we've been learning that what are the, what's the meaning of mitzvahs? How do we know mitzvahs bring down God's essence? Because mitzvahs are the rotsen atzmi, the essential will of God. But if you remember in the beginning of this Hemshech, we were talking about level of, levels of God's pleasure, Tainuk, the pleasure of God. If you remember, we said that Ganeiden, the Garden of Eden, are only rays and glimmers of the essential pleasure God has in essence, Shashua Melech Batsmusai, and mitzvahs are God's essential pleasure in self. So first we began learning that mitzvahs are God's essential pleasure in self, and then we sort of moved on, the, the other Mamarim then started saying the mitzvahs are God's will. So will and pleasure are seemingly two different koiches hanefesh, two different faculties of the soul. Now we do know that will and pleasure have in common that they have no specific limb or place in the body, like wisdom is in the head, drawing is in the hand, eating is with the mouth or talking with the mouth, loving is in the, you feel it in your midsection. But will and pleasure there's no vessel because their consciousness itself, in other words, if you could imagine the soul before it extends to become specific things, will and pleasure are within the soul as is before the soul manifests in the vessels of the body. But seemingly, will and pleasure are also not the essence of the soul. The soul has pleasure and has a will. And so the Rebbe Shab then goes on to say that that the fact that will and pleasure are extensions and emanations from the soul, albeit very internal and they don't have a specific vessel, but they're only emanations from the soul, and that's why they enclose in self. Will and pleasure are interconnected. You only have pleasure from something that you want, even something that's essentially pleasurable, but if you don't want it, you won't get pleasure. And on the other hand, you only want something that gives you pleasure. 
In fact, in English, the word desire could be will and pleasure. So they're very interconnected. So the Rebbe Shab says that that shows you that essentially they're coming from the very essence. Will and pleasure are both connected to the essence of the soul, but it's just the essence manifesting in different ways, as we'll learn in the next Mimer. And so two mitzvahs are both God's essential will and pleasure, because mitzvahs and Torah are essentially God's very essence manifesting as will and pleasure, as we'll learn mitzvah Shem more in the next Mimer. And then the Rebbe, Shab answers that based on all this we can understand the deeper meaning of Lech Lecha because Lech Lecha the books teach us is that Hashem was saying to Avram to go to his very self Lech Lecha in other words it doesn't just mean to travel it means to go into the Mokar Hanashama, the source of one's soul because the soul that manifests in the body the part of the soul that you feel in the body is only a little glimmer of what your soul is, just like that God's light that manifests in the world is only a glimmer of what God is. But the essence of your soul is way above what could be manifest in you, because the essence of your soul is one with the essence of God. So lech lecha means to go into the very essence of who you are. And by doing that, vagad lechamecha, the name becomes greater, because the name refers to orin sof before tzimtzum, God's essential name. Torah, which is the name of God, Torah, and orin suffer God's essential name, but by lech lecha, by a Jew, coming to the most deepest essence of his soul, the essence of his heart, which grasps atzmos, the very essence of God, which is higher than Torah, one then causes a toisvis or a new level of revelation of God in Torah, which is vagad l'shamecha, that the name of God becomes greater through a Jew reaching the very essence of his own heart, where there's an essential bond between a Jew and God.